Alright, you know that that day is going to come. You know it's coming. You know it. We have a vehicle that we fall in love with. We build that vehicle. The vehicle breaks down, we fix it. The vehicle breaks down, we fix it. Something breaks, we fix it. But we come to a point when we try to decide, is it worth continuing with this vehicle or not? That's what we're talking about today. So everybody, this is Michael and you are listening to the All Over Overland Podcast. Like I said, we're going to talk about vehicles, but I also need to get a shout out to our sponsor, Artemis Overland Hardware. Make sure that if you have a need, a gear need, an equipment need, an overlanding need, make sure that you give Aaron a call over at his shop in Springfield, Missouri, or go to ArtemisOverland.com and check out their store online. Alright, so as you guys all know, I drive a 2010 Jeep Liberty. A little bit of background. I bought the vehicle because it had four-wheel drive. I did not buy the vehicle for overlanding or technically for off-roading. I bought it for those times that uh, we have snow and rain and different things in Oklahoma. And then also, I was married or about to be married at the time when I bought it. And... Her family lived in uh, Nebraska, and we'd go up to Nebraska often and thought, you know what, four-wheel drive would probably be nice because we would go up there during Thanksgiving, different times of the year that it might be kind of snowy. So that was really the reason why I bought the Jeep Liberty. I've always been a Jeep fan. I've had a Cherokee. I've had a TJ, and uh, I really liked both of those. So I thought, let's do the Liberty. You know, I didn't know much about it when I got it. I didn't understand that there weren't any parts in the aftermarket world for it. I also really probably didn't really understand or appreciate or not appreciate the independent front suspension and what that is and how that works and the complications with with having one of those as far as lifting your vehicle and, and tire size and all that kind of stuff. But that's what I got. It's what I have. So I started building it up as I got into, well, I want to take this and go camping with it and go down trails and not rock crawl, but, you know, I do need some things. So it's evolved to what it is now, which is a pretty decent overlanding vehicle. Um, but <laughs> it's making that popping noise. So I take it into the shop. And I say, shop, let's let, look it over like I'm buying it brand new. Tell me everything that needs to be fixed, everything that's wrong, um, and we'll go from there. So he came back with a grinding noise coming from the rear end, a wheel speed sensor, uh, I think front passenger, if I remember correctly, uh, that's going out or is out, and that could be causing a lot of the lights on the dash to come up. He said it's possible that that could be what's causing four-wheel drive to not want to work because, you know, if the computer, anyway. So that's what he's thinking there. And I need a new CV. 
probably passenger side as well. Uh, has a leak. He said it's not major, but it needs attention. So the rear end, he, or the popping noise, he is pretty sure is coming from the rear end, but for whatever reason, he says it could be a transmission thing, um, but it, it sounds more like it's in the rear end. Now he tells me there's nothing wrong with the suspension. Um, that it's all bolted down, it's you know, tight, it's torqued, it's, you know, all that kind of stuff. They went over that. So, I decide to take it over to uh, the shop that put in the limited slip about a year and a half ago that I've had it in the shop, what, two, three times since then? Um, once, it was with the three hours after I received it the first time, the whole rear end just blew up. So they had to replace all of that again. And then uh, when I got back from a trip, it was making the popping noise, took it in, and they said all they did was the service, but it didn't do it again, didn't make any noise again until I went on this last trip, the Enchanted Rockies trip. It was about halfway through the trip that it started making that pop noise again. Now what happens is, is whenever I'm going slow, like whenever I stopped and I'm starting to go, it'll make a pop noise, and especially when I turn. So I know how limited slip works as far as if a tire slipping or if there's slippage, then it'll engage. Also, when you turn a corner, because it is a limited slip and the inside wheel turns slower than the outside wheel, it'll actually engage a little bit and you can hear that tire go dirt, dirt, dirt as I turn. Doesn't bother me. I kind of figure that's somewhat somewhat normal. Um, but the popping noise that's coming from what we figure is the rear end is not normal and it's not something that I can that I feel confident enough to go on longer trips or trips by myself and not have issues so it's back there I told him what was going on he's looking at it my dad even drove it and said it feels like it feels like there's a there's slack like when you engage like when you push on the gas to go that it has to spin just a touch and it hits what it needs and then it goes it just feels sloppy and even the guy at the shop that I, that I normally take it to, which is John's Automotive in Bethany, Oklahoma. Big shout out to John and his son Johnny. Two great guys that always helped me out and always looked over my Jeep and, and helped me figure things out. So he said that the, the diff fluid was running. Um, and he said it should be thicker and it was just really running. So that was a sign that something wasn't 100%. I haven't done any water crossings or anything like that. So uh, nothing, nothing but a little, you know, like, like rainfall water. Nothing that submerged the rear end or anything. So there's all those things going on. Well, I'm at a point where, okay, if it's a rear end deal, then great. Those guys will fix it probably won't cost me anything because um, the parts should still be good warrantied or whatever now if it's a transmission thing that transmission is going to range from 
$2,500 to $3,500. I don't have $2,500 or $3,500 sitting around to throw at this Jeep. I also need to get new tires. Uh, Also need to get these other two things fixed for sure. The wheel speed sensor and the CV uh, axle boot, whatever you want to call it. Um, I do know that I need to get those fixed and that's going to be, if I have the shop do it, I think all together that's going to be about $350. So not too bad. Like that, I'm okay with. Um, But it gets to the point in our vehicle's life that we have to kind of scratch our head and go, you know what? Is it worth me going forward with this vehicle if it's a transmission? Now, if I had a more iconic vehicle that was sought after, that uh, had a lot of aftermarket support, then I don't think it would be an issue. I think you get it fixed, then you know that you've got a good transmission and you go on. But when you have a vehicle that's kind of unique and that not a whole lot of people have and nobody wants one for what what I'm doing, you know, there's not a there's not a huge market um, for Jeep Liberties in the overlanding world. There just isn't. And uh, which is a shame. I think it's a great size. I think for what we need, it does really well. Um, do they have some issues? Yes. Uh, the main issue is aftermarket support. Of course, if there were more people using the vehicles, then the aftermarket support would be greater. There would be a lot more of it. But there isn't. So, torn. Like, I want the Jeep to be fixed. I want to be able to drive it. I want to keep using it as my overlanding vehicle. And part of it is is that I'm known as the Liberty guy. Like, I'm the guy that has a Liberty. Now, there's other guys out there that have just as capable, if not more capable, and definitely better looking rigs uh, for some of those guys out there. Um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of known for that. I mean, that's the, if I'm in a different vehicle, people are going to probably freak out. I have a feeling. But it does bring up once your vehicle's tired and worn out. Um, what do you do? You know, do you? Do you, would you go and buy the same exact vehicle that you've always run? Or would you go get something different and start over brand new? Um, like if you're an 80 series guy and your 80 series burns to the ground, are you buying another 80 series? If you're a Jeep Wrangler guy, are you buying another Jeep Wrangler? And I think that there's so many brand loyal people that the answer is going to be an overwhelming, yes, I'm buying the same vehicle. I know what it can do. I know what it has. I know, you know, I know everything about it. And maybe that puts me in a little bit of a unique situation because I don't have a sought after vehicle and all those things. So we all get there. So I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of curious, like, what is your idea on that whole thing? What do you think that I should do? So I've been looking at vehicles in case it is a transmission and I need to go buy, or I'm going to go buy a new vehicle. I've looked at Monteros, love Monteros. I've looked at 
Azuzu Troopers. Love Azuzu Troopers. You guys know that. You've heard me talk about them. I've looked at the Commanders, um, which I think is kind of a cool platform, but kind of unique like the um, like the Liberty. Probably not going to be a ton of aftermarket support for it, but you do have uh, Hemi options, which is kind of cool. Um, or do I go buy another Liberty? You know, I mean, if I bought a Liberty, I could always take off a lot of the stuff that I've done to it and make it work on the new one. And I can probably do things better. You know, like I'd like to upgrade the suspension. Well, that would be a chance to go ahead and upgrade the suspension. I'd, you know, um, I, then I would have to decide, okay, do I cut the fenders like I did last time and the front end off and put this TJ bumper um, on it since that's happened before? Or do I do something different? Like, even when you get the same vehicle, do you build it the same way? Do you put the same parts on it? Or have you learned what you would change? And the only reason why you're not changing it now with your current vehicle is because, well, it's already done. I'm not paying to have X done all over again whenever I've got something that's functional, even though this other item may work a little bit better. So there's a lot of questions when it comes to buying a new vehicle um, after yours is worn out or no longer usable. You know, do you do you do something different? And if you do do the same vehicle, how much change do you do from your last vehicle to your new one? Like, do you go with a different suspension? Do you go with a different bumper? Do you go with a different rooftop or a, a rack on the top? Do you arrange the inside differently if you build uh, cabinets and uh, drawer systems and different things like that? Like, like, what do you feel is, or what would you do? Not what would you feel what I should do, but what would you do? What would you do in that situation? Go over to the Facebook page, if you would, and comment on the link that will be this podcast, and just kind of let me know. You know, let me know what you're thinking, because it could be that I have a very hard decision to make um, the end of this week, next week. Um... I told the guy at the shop, you know, uh, here's the deal at the at the shop that the rear end work's getting done at. Here's the deal. I need to know that this is sound. I need to know if it's not the rear end, I need you to find out what it is that's making that noise. If it is the suspension piece, then let me know. If it's the transmission, let me know. If you think there's nothing wrong and it's just going to pop and make a weird noise, makes me nervous, but okay. But let me know exactly what it is that needs to be fixed because I plan on going on long trips, a week or longer. I plan on going on trips uh, in a group and by myself. So I need this to be as sound as possible when I go on these trips and um, do these adventures. And I think that you can understand that. So. I am so 
<laughs> I'd love to say that I'm leaning one way or another. And I think that I would say that and it would depend on the day and the time of day and what I just maybe saw. Um, because last night I was like, you know what? I think I'll just buy another Liberty. I'll make it the dream Liberty. I'll do it. You know, I've learned so much. I'll change a few things. I'll keep a few things the same. You know, all of those, all of those things that come into place. Okay. So on the Liberty, if I were to do a Liberty, would I remove the back seats? Huh. <laughs> that is, uh, that's a great question because I do have a trailer that I just got that could be, I would have to take it with me like most of the time, but it could be where I put all my overlanding gear in, you know, like the kitchen stuff, the fridge, you put a rooftop tent on it, you know, all those different things. And so really all I'd need the vehicle to do is to be lifted, bumpers, um, you know, different things like that. You know, I'd only need a small area for a cooler in case, you know, I was going to go on a short trip, then I could just take the cooler and one burner, wouldn't have to take the whole trailer. Um, you know, uh, folding down the seats, would I be able to figure out a way to sleep in it? Um, wouldn't have necessarily a drawer system, so would just have, you know, containers. So, I mean, there's that, or gut the whole thing and build it beautifully the way I'd want to. Like, pretty wood, you know, or painted, or, you know, whatever. Really go through it. And then, obviously, I have my Jeep still. Um, I'd still have the Rumble. I'd still have Rumble. It would be parked, basically, but I could use it as a guinea pig, and I could steal parts off of it if I ever needed to. So there's some benefits I see to staying with the same vehicle, but also challenges as far as what do I do with this vehicle? It's just like the last one. Do I? How much do I change? Um, and obviously, I won't be making this decision until I find out what it is with the Liberty that needs to be addressed as far as the popping noise. You know, um, I was blown away with how good it did. Even though it was making that popping noise, it still performed really well. It just made a popping noise. But I was blown away by how good it did um, in New Mexico on this trip. And then I drove home 75 miles an hour home. So it's not like I babied it at all. Um, I pushed it and I thought, you know what, if, you, if you're going to break, then you're going to break. And, uh, you know, that's just what it is. So I pushed it and uh, other than continuing to make the poppy noise, um, everything was fine until I got home. And maybe that's when the wheel, the wheel sensor went out or, or whatever. But when I got home, you know, all the lights on the dash came on as far as the, the drive system, the four-wheel drive and traction control and ABS and all that and that's when you know it's possible it could be a wheel sensor or speed wheel speed sensor if I can say it right um so that was the only thing that happened when I got home that was like what's that all about um but yeah going back to the, to how it did on the trail I mean not that this trail was hard 
but it was extremely bumpy and we uh, we had some areas that uh, I think that before the limited slip locker or whatever you want to call it the limited slip diff um, it would have struggled on some of the steep uphills that we did in the loose rock um, but with that limited slip I think that it it just did fine and to be honest I I put it in four-wheel drive, four-wheel low, with the hill descent on at times, just to, just so I didn't have to push on the brake. Just so I could sit there and steer it and just slowly go, and it worked perfectly. Like everything, it was the first time I'd used hill descent, and I'm a fan, it worked perfectly. Um, obviously, maybe these are some of the issues that that's it has right now maybe there is something like with the hill descent caused a problem like i don't know but it was the first time i used it it worked fine out on the trail and it was only it was about a week or a few days after that i got back that started throwing those lights so we got all that also would need i'm gonna if i keep it i'm gonna install a transmission cooler uh, because i did get a code that the transmission was overheating um, now that code came on before I even drove it down the road. So it had been sitting for, oh, about 48 hours and jumped in, started it, and all the lights came on. Got it home, which was about a 25 minute drive, put the code reader in it, and that's when it gave me the P0218, which is overheating transmission. Now, it could be low fluid, it could be need to be flushed, it could be that it needs a new transmission. So, with that and with the noise from the rear end, and then, well, maybe it's not the rear, you know, like, there's too many questions there. So, hopefully that all gets sorted out and everything's fine. I mean, either way, it'll either be, there's two options. I fix the Jeep and keep it, I don't fix the Jeep. I'm still going to keep it because I don't see myself selling it. Um, keep the Jeep, but I buy something else to start building again. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a little bit of excitement that comes with the idea of uh, getting something and starting over. You know, I'm not a, a vehicle builder. Like, you know, like Andrew St. Pierre White, who gets a new vehicle every, what, every couple of years, it seems like, you know, but he, he, he builds vehicles every once in a while for people. Now, don't get me wrong, that would be awesome to have somebody go, okay, this is the platform I want, with your experience, tell me what it is, or build this vehicle, here's my budget, build the vehicle, and, you know, that's you make money off of it at the end. So, like, amazing, that would be cool. But I don't, I don't do that. I don't, this is just going to be for me. And, you know, there's a few people that follow me on, on Liberty pages that, you know, ask me questions and are interested on, you know, like, what setup do you have? What this do you have? And I think it would obviously be great for them to, to for me to do another Liberty and kind of share and um, show them what I did and you know what is available or if I have something made like really go through and break down the specs on what it was that was built 
and uh, so they can recreate that at home or if it's a company that wants to continue to make that product again um, or if I make something and I'm like hey look that's awesome is there a market for it then great um, so yeah that's just we all we all get to that point I think most of us do like scratching our heads like okay is this the big fa- is this the big failure is this the big catastrophic breakdown that causes me to look at another vehicle whether it's the same vehicle or a new vehicle I'm interested on what your thoughts are on that go over to the Facebook page all over Overland and uh, comment on there what it is that you think you would do if you had a catastrophic failure and I guarantee there's a bunch of you that have and I would like to hear if you've been in this situation what you did what your thoughts are on what you did you know like if you if you did get the same vehicle did you build it the same way did you change things what percentage of things did you change what was the biggest thing you changed um, or if you got a new vehicle what was your thought process on the new vehicle? Was it just purely that, hey, look, this is an iconic vehicle for overlanding. Um, hey, look, this is, uh, there's a lot more parts available for this vehicle. That's why I did it. Or, you know, did you just realize, like, hey, look, I can do this with the Jeep Cherokee for 1500 bucks and put, you know, $2,000 in it and I'm good to go. You know, like, do you does that come into your mind or did you buy a new vehicle like there's so many different things so many different things well this is going to be a journey that i'm going to take you guys on um with me as i go through this so like right now it's still at the shop i haven't heard back about the rear end um once i hear about that then i'll make another post of what happened with that conversation and with uh with what's going wrong with the jeep and then that's when I'll start having to really decide what it is that I'm going to do moving forward. So anyway, that's where I'm at. So if your vehicle's running and doing well, I hope that you get to go all over. 